KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Wednesday, December 30th. Nurses protesting in the North County. That story's next, but first, let's do the headlines. State officials are extending stay-at-home orders for Southern California. That means San Diego businesses will remain shuttered for indoor operations. Intensive care capacity in the region is maxed out, and it doesn't show any signs of improving. In fact, says California Health Secretary Dr. Mark Golley, hospitals are planning for what's called crisis care. Meanwhile, San Diego County public health officials reported more than 2,500 new COVID-19 infections on Tuesday and 31 new deaths. San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria says he's reached an agreement to extend the city's contract with SDG&E until June. SDG&E's franchise agreement with the city, in place since 1970, runs out in mid-January and is currently being renegotiated. Gloria will bring his proposed extension for a vote at the city council meeting today. Tens of thousands of people have traveled through the San Diego International Airport over the holidays, and thousands more are expected to travel before the holidays are over. TSA says about 1.3 million moved through the nation's airports on Sunday. An airport spokesman told KPBS that the airport has taken multiple precautions to protect people. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. Registered nurses and caregivers protested from their cars outside Palomar Health Facilities in Escondido on Tuesday. KPBS North County reporter Jacob Ayer has more. Nurses and caregivers with the California Nurses Association came together today to speak out against Palomar Health's recent move to get state approval to increase the number of patients some nurses can be assigned. Earlier this month, a street-side protest was held outside of Palomar Health Poway, where a single 12-bed mixed-care unit was impacted by the change. Now, protesters took to their cars and horns to get their message across. Sue Phillips is a registered nurse at Palomar Health Escondido and a member of the California Nurses Association. She says a change to staffing ratios poses a health risk to both staff and patients. More nursing staff decreases mortality. So you can see if they add more patients to an already full load for a nurse, it's just not enough time in the day to try to take care of people. And this is not the time for anybody to ask for waivers to nurse to patient ratios. In response to Tuesday's protest, Palomar Health released a statement saying, the waiver is approved by the California Department of Public Health and will only be used when necessary based on patient needs and volume. Hospitals across the state received the same waiver, and many are already operating under these permissions. We will continue to do everything we can to protect our staff and remain prepared for our community. 
Phillips says she is worn out from the influx of COVID-19 patients and nursing shortages and that increasing nurse-to-patient ratios would worsen the situation. The most difficult part of my job is watching the nurses and caregivers give every single thing they can and then to be slapped in the face by the hospital right before Christmas, right through all of this. It is um, undeniably exhausting and uh, emotional for me. Palomar Health says it is one of 170 hospitals in California that have applied for the same waiver. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. Governor Gavin Newsom says equity is a big component of whoever gets the COVID-19 vaccine and in what order. And Newsom had this to say when asked about the possibility of medical professionals either cutting ahead of others or using their positions to get friends or family vaccinated sooner. I just want to make this crystal clear. If you skip the line or you intend to skip the line, uh, you will be sanctioned. You will lose your license. You'll not only lose your license, we will be very aggressive in terms of highlighting the reputational impacts as well. Newsom also says the majority of Californians are complying with current COVID-19 restrictions. This despite publicized incidents of restaurants, casinos, and other California businesses trying to organize large events under the radar. Coming up, we check in with Scripps Health and Sharp Grossmont in San Diego on how they're weathering the COVID-19 surge. That's next, just after this break. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. With holiday gatherings and Christmas shopping, COVID-19 continues to spread at a fast pace. ICUs are filling up to capacity, and now the governor has extended stay-at-home orders. It's an effort to slow the spread just as vaccines are being dispensed. But with ICU capacity at 0%, how are hospitals faring? Chris Gorder is the CEO of Scripps Health, and Scott Evans is the CEO of Sharp Grossmont. They both spoke with KPBS Midday Edition host Jade Hindman about their situation. Here's that interview, starting with Chris Gorder. So the Southern California region is still at 0% ICU capacity. How is Scripps doing right now? Well, right now we are 89% full. 
It's actually a little bit better than we were yesterday. Uh, yesterday, we only had six ICU beds available in our healthcare system. Uh, today, we have 12 staff beds available. But unfortunately, that's as a result of, of nine deaths, uh, COVID deaths in the last 24 hours. And uh, the good news is we were able to discharge 48 uh, COVID patients back home again. So there's a lot of turnover of patients, a lot of admissions, um, and a lot of discharges every day, but we're staying very full. All right. Um, and how is that impacting care? A little over a week ago, we began hearing about ambulances waiting outside hospitals for hours before being able to transfer patients. Is that something Scripps has experienced? I'm not aware of, of ambulances having to wait hours outside of our um, hospitals. Uh, clearly, we try to uh, clear them as soon as we possibly can. But as I said, we're full. Um, right now, um, we have 413 COVID patients uh, in-house, um, but we have 16 uh, in the emergency rooms right now waiting for bed availability. So anytime we have regular emergencies, plus this large amount of, of COVID patients that are in the emergency rooms, in this case, 16 more waiting for beds inside the hospital, it will have an impact on the EMS system as well. And is uh, the coronavirus extending wait time in the ER for care? Well, we're very busy, so care probably is extended a little bit longer. I don't have the actual numbers in front of me right now, but uh, we try to get our patients through the system as fast as we can. Uh, obviously, most of the patients that come to the emergency room are sent home the very same day. Um, but uh, as busy as we are and as busy as every hospital uh, in San Diego County is, uh, I'm sure the wait times are a little bit longer. And has Scripps had to transfer patients to other hospitals to increase capacity at all? We transfer patients every day within our healthcare system. We have not had to transfer outside of our system. So every day we transfer non-COVID patients to open up capacity, primarily at Scripps Mercy Chula Vista and Scripps Mercy San Diego. So last night uh, we transferred three COVID patients, one to La Jolla and uh, uh, two to Green Hospital. And are you accepting patients from other hospitals in the county? Well, we, we're a tertiary healthcare system with a, with a trauma center. So uh, we accept trauma patients from other hospitals um, every day. Uh, that's part of our, our responsibility. We are not accepting transfers, uh, COVID transfers right now from outside of the county, uh, Imperial County, for example. But we do accept trauma cases uh, or uh, cases that need a higher level of care from Imperial County. That happens on a regular basis. The last stay-at-home order went into effect on December 6th. At Scripps, have you started to see the impact of that order yet? Not really. Um, we you know, saw a big surge uh, after Halloween. Uh, we saw an even bigger surge as a result of Thanksgiving. Um, yesterday, for example, uh, we our, our COVID census went up by 26 uh, patients. So that's actually a very large uh, increase in our overall census. Uh, in the county, there's 1,590 COVID patients in our, our hospitals and our county hospitals right now. And that has been increasing every day for several weeks. So we haven't really seen a flattening out yet. And unfortunately, we anticipate another surge uh, because of Christmas. And we expect a surge on a surge on a surge uh, after New Year's, which is why we're pleading with everybody out there to try to stay at home, limit your travel, follow the guidelines, uh, because we are maxing out uh, hospital capacity in San Diego County. I've been speaking with Chris Van Gorder, CEO of Scripps Health. Thank you so much for joining us, Chris. My pleasure. Thank you. We turn now to Scott Evans, who is the CEO of Sharp Grossmont. He's joining us from the hospital's COVID vaccination clinic. Scott, welcome. 
Hi, good morning, Jane. How are you? Good, thanks. Uh, Can you tell me how staffing and capacity are holding up in your ICUs right now? Sure, absolutely. Well, it certainly has been rough, Jade. Uh, Right now, we're using 69 of our 75 ICU beds, of course, uh, but many of those patients are extremely sick. The issue really isn't about physical beds. It's more about nursing. Uh, Today, actually, we're doing a little bit better than yesterday, but we are running usually uh, four or five uh, ICU nurses short, and we tend to use nursing extenders to fill those roles, which are nurses that float in from non-ICU units to cover. And so that's how we're, we're making it work. Hmm. And how does that impact patient care? Well, um, we hope that it, it doesn't, but of course it could cause uh, delays in, in care at any given time. And so we have you know a very busy emergency room here at Sharp Grossmont, and uh, we have patients that are needing to come up to beds. And so those hold times are longer in the emergency room, which I think is an impact. The other item that actually impacts that a little bit is the discharge process. And so if we have patients that are going to a skilled nursing facility, some of those skilled nursing facilities are closed to admissions at this time. And so it sort of backs up the process, as you, as you might imagine, and makes it very tight. If Governor Newsom's predictions of COVID cases are right, with 100,000 hospitalizations in the coming weeks, do you see your hospital having to ration care at any point? Uh, Well, we hope not, uh, but we certainly do uh, have those processes in place if we need to move to a crisis level of care. Uh, San Diego County has many plans prepared in order for hospitals to do that, as well as hospital and other health systems. And so while we are hopeful that that is not the case and that we're able to continue to operate uh, at a standard level of care, we are prepared to do so if the need arises. And have you all been able to get any relief so far by sending patients to the Palomar Field Hospital, for example? Uh, Grossmont has not uh, sent any patients over there. Um, we are essentially monitoring our situation you know, daily, uh, if not uh, several times a day to see what our needs are. Uh, we are really trying to be self-sufficient to, to the extent that we can uh, and continuing to deliver care. Um, but but we do know uh, that that is a, an available option uh, if we do need to use it. And have you guys had to send any patients outside of Sharp? I'm not aware of any that we have yet. Okay. Uh, you know, with scientists looking into a more contagious variant of this virus, are there ways you all can prepare for far more hospitalizations than what's being projected? Well, I think we're learning a lot right now, um, and we're certainly learning a lot about how to manage our capacity. Um, And having been doing this now for uh, several months, I think we're actually getting better at it. Although I will say that the the exhaustion level is high uh, with, with much of our staff. Um, I think that um, that we're, we the things that we're learning will absolutely inform us uh, going forward. And so um, we, we certainly are making sure that we uh, uh, always will have enough ventilators, we'll have enough ECMO machines, uh, those type of things. And I think even as we're going forward on things like master campus planning, uh, where we're looking at uh, capacity for, for our hospitals, I think, um, especially I know at our hospital, uh, we're certainly taking a stronger look to make sure that we're not minimizing any of the truly critical care areas um, in in any plans going forward. You know, um, people have thought for a long time that care is moving more outpatient, but we see that when a a crisis and a pandemic like this develops, um, certainly that inpatient capacity is needed. 
And so I think that we're going to have to take a strong look at that. Is there anything you'd like for people to keep in mind uh, as we continue in this pandemic? Yeah, I I think, you know, people keep saying this, uh, but it it is important to reiterate, uh, we really do have to make sure that we're doing um, all of the things to to keep ourselves healthy. Uh, When vaccination is available, we certainly want to make sure that uh, folks are vaccinated. There's an order to that. And, you know, we've vaccinated uh, literally thousands of people now at Grossmont um, and across the Sharp system, of course, and I know other health systems are doing that. I think that uh, social distancing and masking is extremely important, um, especially around the holidays. Uh, and I know that people are getting weary of that, but that is uh, that is what works. Um, and so we always want to uh, Uh, make sure that people are doing that so that we're here to take care of them in the event that they have non-COVID related issues as well, like strokes and uh, heart attacks, uh, as you might imagine. That was Scott Evans, CEO of Sharp Grossmont, speaking with KPBS Midday Edition host Jade Hindman. And for our arts segment today, the studio door learned to pivot long before the pandemic. It has had to change locations and rethink what a gallery and an artist space could be. But with COVID-19 restrictions, arts organizations like the studio door have to find creative ways to stay operational. KPBS arts reporter Beth Accomando spoke with the studio door's Patrick Stillman for this pandemic profile. Five years ago, Patrick Stillman opened the studio door in North Park as a place where art and commerce could intersect. But he encountered setbacks and had to close the business. The studio door reopened early last year at its current location in Hillcrest. But then 2020 hit, and like all arts organizations, it's had to deal with a pandemic that limits how it can operate. Stillman is an artist who prides himself on also being a good businessman. So he was able to tap into federal and local financial aid in order to stay open. Plus, he found a way to keep artists working in their studio spaces. Studio artists are considered light manufacturing, so um, as long as they keep to their studios, they're allowed to be in the space and continue working. But with businesses closed or working under restrictions, foot traffic has been heavily reduced in Hillcrest, leaving the gallery in a bit of a ghost town. Looking ahead, Stillman is proceeding with his regular January programming featuring six artists in the main gallery. The challenge now is to come up with ways that we can do that in person, but also online. And so we're doing a lot more artists' videos, interviews, you know, spotlights on specific works of art, actually moving in the direction of the gallery in ways that we hadn't been before. If there's a silver lining, then it's that some of the innovations employed to stay open during the pandemic will prove useful even after lockdown restrictions subside. Until then, artists will have to continue to tap into their creativity. And that story from KPBS's arts reporter, Beth Accomando. And that's it for the podcast today. Be sure to catch KPBS Midday Edition at noon on KPBS Radio. Or watch KPBS Evening Edition at 5 o'clock on KPBS Television. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a great day.
Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com.